Welcome to Crystallizing Conversations. Join your hosts, Jillian Aurelia Green and Iris Unique as we explore the tools, pathways, and possibilities for healing and expansion. Through the warmth of easy conversation, we'll be delving into magic, mental health, and more. This is your time to learn about yourself, each other, and of course, the crystals that support us along the way. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community of your closest spiritual friends. Let's grow together. Crystallizing Conversations, fourth episode. I am Iris Unique. I am Jillian Aurelia Green. And today we have a very special guest, Dr. Yael Green, who is a water technologist, educator, and intuitive guide. She embodies an extensive knowledge of sacred geometry, balance, and harmony. Yael uses technological understanding of the non-physical to activate and imprint the earth grids and the waters to return to their original state of neutrality. She has spent the last 25 years in the field of organizational and systems management, physical therapy, somatics, sound healing, and education. Yael now focuses on paradigm shifts through system repatterning dimensional energetics, and movement, and offers water medicine journeys and attunements. So welcome, Dr. Yael Green. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. <laughs> Thanks I for am, having me on. I am especially happy. This is, um, Yael is my, my spouse, and so we apparently don't spend enough time together that we got to spend more time together on my podcast. <laughs> Hey. So happy to have you. Um, I hear Yael talking about this all the time. And so being able to share the complexities of the energies that, that you work with, with everyone who's listening to this is, um, I think, really exciting for me um, because you do such a great job of taking things that are really complex and these very disparate uh, ways of thinking and bringing them into like a really beautiful cohesion and making it really easy to understand. Or even if we're not able to intellectually understand it, we still feel it. And I think that's one of your, one of your gifts and one of the many reasons mm -hmm. I love you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thanks. Well, can I ask you what it means to be a water technologist? That is a great question. Um, I find that I have to put labels on things and for people to understand them. So one of the easiest things to understand is technology nowadays. It's a different type of technology because it helps people to understand more ancient technologies, but ancient technologies in being in a cosmological or the reference to the cosmos of how we began. So that's where I chose technologist because people are trying to find like, what do, what do, what do I do in this world? Like, okay, you have this technology, but it's uh, synonymous with like, here's what it comes out of you because you are creation. And water for me is the portal and the medicine for this. What are some of the ways that you work with water personally? 
I always, so I have a structuring device, although you don't have to spend any money on a structuring device. You can literally just put some, I had a, actually a client, she made a whole structuring device because I told her all you have to do is put a funnel, put some marbles, and then she put this huge amethyst heart in there. I didn't even tell her to put that thing in there, <laughs> but she put it in there. So there's this like big jar, this huge like geode amethyst heart in there. And so I, because all I want to do is structure the water, put it in so that it was able to have a spin, a vortex, similar to when water goes down a drain. Okay. So I just do it with a device that I have. A little easier than having something clunky on the on the counter. So that's one of the ways. Should I continue with it too? I guess I'm more curious in how this journey started for you. So when you're when you're working with water, um, how have you been working with water? since since you were young and how has that shifted as you've gotten as you've gotten older as you've embarked on this new path i think when i was four years old i got my first little ribbon for competitive swimming and so and then the first picture i remember that i don't have many pictures of myself i only have one tiny album and the first picture though was me in the bathtub i guess everyone must have a bathtub picture but it's just that's the first picture so clearly that and then my dad floating me in water so it's always been a solace for me. I went there in this space to sort of be away from the rest of the world. I would literally, I swam competitively, so I would spend six hours a day in oh, the water. Wow. And so when you're in the water, you're in your own little world. It's not as if you're on a team, even though you are. But you go in the water and you sort of can be in your own world, which is why I used to love this movie, The Incredible Mr. Limpet, because he became a fish. So this idea of being able to just be in this whole other world, I think, which is why people are so interested in free diving nowadays, that mm -hmm. it allows you to get really quiet and really hear what is happening in the silences, which is actually teeming full of sound. So it started that way. And then I've been, I used to do aquatic physical therapy. So I was in the water for six hours. Um, I just love spending time in there. And I always find the clients like, I have the best downloads when I'm in showers. Like, yes, yeah. exactly. One, the negative ions of water, especially if it's moving because it's constantly creating the spin. And I could go into science of it if you'd like to, but that's, yeah, it's always been. And now I'm out on the water four or five days a week, even though it's cold, uh, outrigger paddling. So, yeah. It's amazing. And well, you... also to think about it too, thinking of how most of the human body is made up of water. I was, I Googled it the other day just because I couldn't remember what the facts was. And it says like roughly 60%, between 45, 75% of our body is made of water. So it makes so much sense that we would be drawn to water and want to be near it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the, if you look at a molecule, 99% of that is actually water. So there's hardly any of the other stuff around in each molecule. Wow. Didn't know that. <laughs> is, um, that I, is that the uh, molecules, like the molecules themselves or the, yeah. or the, or the cells? Then is that the molecules? The molecules, which make up a cell. Wow. The molecules themselves. Got it. So the rest of the stuff that we think is everything, like that we think is everything, all of this stuff around us is almost nothing in comparison to what's around us. There's literally water around us. I, I have a friend who created an atmospheric water device. You put it on the counter and it pulls the atmosphere and makes water. Oh, wow. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that totally makes sense. I used to live less than a mile from the beach and I had, I think it was a, a Himalayan salt rock, like candle. Mm-hmm. And this was before I was like super into crystals, but every time I would walk over to, or like notice it, there was always a pool of water around it. I'm like, where did this come from? And it took a while, like a continuously happening for me to realize, oh, that's just literally pulling it and cleansing the air. And that's what Mm -hmm. happens. It's so interesting. It's all the invisible that we don't actually see with these limited visions that we have. Yeah. It's so neat. I had um, listened to a podcast that you were on the other day, just because I wanted to do, want to do a little homework. And you had spit out the fact, like you spit this fact out and then just like walked away from it. And I was just mind blown. And it was that the plasma in our body, so plasma is in blood, right? Okay. So the plasma in our body is almost the same composition as marine water in various parts of the ocean. In France. There's actually Rene Quinton, who was a scientist in the early, like the 1920s-ish or early 1800s and late 1800s. And he found this plankton bed that has this water in it that is exactly the, ele- so how you get electrolytes is, needs to be similar to the plasma in your body. So this water itself, it's seawater, is mm-hmm. exactly what you said. So taking it in, everything that we take in the body, especially water, uh, needs to have a similar frequency and component structure to what's in the body. What's in the body. So mm-hmm. if we're bringing in things that are not a similar structure, then it's going to create chaos. So if I bring structured water in, which is what we were just talking about, it's going to like the structured water that's already in the body. Hold on to that, transfer information, and then bring that through the system. So for example, cancer cells, which are proliferatory cells, are proliferating because now there's something that is not similar in the body. So if we start putting in structured water, we can then stop the proliferation because now it says, oh, I don't need to do this. Actually, what I need to do is this, similarity. And so it helps to bring back into balance because the body already knows how to balance itself. We it's just don't allow in it. all the yeah, which is bringing so all the bad things. The earth, <laughs> don't allow everything already. Like if we thought we needed to be here to fix this earth, like we're <laughs> the ones that are going to be the saviors. It's like no, this earth already knows how to do it. It's it's trying to stay in balance with everything else that we're putting into it. So if we could just allow and be and be reverent to what is here and the incredible knowledge that's around us, instead of trying to be in such resistance, things would flow a lot easier, just like the water. You've mentioned a few times the structured water. Could you explain mm-hmm. what what that even means? I don't think most people even, if I didn't know you, I would have no idea what structured water means. Because isn't water really fluid? Like why, what makes it structured versus not? And I will say this, and but there's also people that I love and teachers that just say it so eloquently, but the basics of it is that water is composed of hydrogen, right? H2O, two hydrogens and an oxygen, right? So when we look at it, it's got this V shape in its structure. They combine together. 
because there's an attraction. And so when they're attracted and create a, a hexagonal shape. And the them, attraction happens because of the polarity that is created between the hydrogen and the oxygen. Mm -hmm. yep, so one of them slightly negative, one of, the, one of the other ends is slightly positive. A lot of times what's happening to them when it's not structured, they're making bonds and breaking, making bonds at like constantly, milliseconds. So they're always active. But when we create a vortex, which is its natural spin, because every single element has a spin. That's what we learned in chemistry, right? That there's mm -hmm. all of the orbits and everything is spinning. The spin is how we all actually live on this planet. And so it's spinning. When it's spinning, it creates these hexagonal structured shapes, and then it creates sheaths of them. And then if it's near a hydrophilic substance, like a gel or something that's in the body, which is a water-loving substance, it then creates an electricity in there. <laughs> so you guys know piezoelectric. It's a similar thing. This electricity is what enlivens water it structures and then has this electricity that runs through it that makes it alive like when you eat a piece of lettuce straight from a garden it feels like it has energy right like you notice however you say it, it's like mm, this tastes different or i feel this because it has that electrical charge in it from its hydration so this goes into how do we hydrate ourselves i don't want to drink eight glasses of water that's a complete myth you don't need a glass of water. What you need is electrolyted, which is what we just talked about with in the uh, Rene Quinton. You need a live electrolyted gel-like water, which happens a lot in your foods. And you want it more in your foods than in your water. Because mostly if I drink eight glasses of water, I'm going to flood the system. Think about... <laughs> When you right, doesn't that make sense? Yeah, totally. It's like because every time oh, I'm trying to stay hydrated, guess what happens? Off to the back of my go. Floods, <laughs> it just floods everything right out. So we want to have it have that charge so that it can hold on. It's like, oh, you've got a charge. Oh yeah, okay, stick here, and it starts creating this amazing cellular pattern or this matrix in there which holds memories. It holds everything that there is in this hexagonal shape. And so when it becomes a solid versus... Like ice. Like ice, yep. Um, that's when the structure becomes more, I guess, easier to see, more physicalized. Because ice is technically a crystal because it does have this hexagonal structure, which is very similar Snowflake. to quartz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so when something when it actually freezes, it becomes a crystal. And and interestingly, water by geological definitions is actually a crystal. It's just when it's melted, when it's water, it's mm -hmm. a non-solid crystal. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that what you want. So with the the structured, it basically just means that it has that polarization. So it has the ability to form the bonds and then it has the ability to carry that electrical charge. To keep the bonds. To keep the bonds. To keep them stable. Because say I structured it and then I put it right next to a wireless router. That's going to take off a couple days of its capacity to hold that structure because it weakens it. 
Same thing with different categories of metal. Copper, better than stainless steel, but there's really wood is one of the best conductors of it. But say I bring it through my pipes, it's not really alive because it's taken the charges away. It's loosened those bonds so it's not so structured. So that's why it's in, you know, it's all degrees and gradients of it. But yeah, it's holding that. And you can imagine that in holding that pattern, the information, because information is only photons. Just because we verbalize it is just a transmission from our brain. But these photons are coming through our nervous system from the water that's in our body. So if you're putting water in your body that you've put an intention into, that information, you're literally putting it in these hexagonal structures to put in your body and the structure on your body is like oh wow let's combine and then it integrates that information into its structure and it learns that new information and then it transmits that through the nervous system through the nerves that which is exactly what allows it to propagate through the system and then it goes to the brain and then the brain does everything that we think is everything which is only a fraction of it everything else happened before. I'd like to backpedal a bit because I found this very, very interesting. And I'm not sure how many people have done this or thought of this, but intention, putting intentions into your water and how that can have effect on the structure of water. I find that fascinating because Jillian explained it to me the other day. And Jillian, I don't know if you want to pipe in here and like kind of, I feel like you were too good job of explaining that but i found that so fascinating that basically with whatever intention you're putting into the water changes the structure of the water and then thereby when we drink it we're literally drinking those intentions it holds in it holds it in it just right. to clarify yeah okay. it holds it within that structured shape that's amazing Jillian, do you mind explaining just a little bit? Because I feel like you did it very, it was very like easy to understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, this is literally just like reinterpreting things that I've heard Yael say while we're like hanging out on the couch in the evenings. But uh, I know that one of the parts of what Yael does, at least all, all of the research and all, all the names that I hear getting spoken about all the time, um, one of the ones that really stuck out to me was Dr. Emoto's work. And we'll we'll link it in the show notes here. But um, Dr. Emoto is was it was a Japanese scientist who who focused primarily on water science and the energetics of water. And so, and feel free, Yael, to clarify if I'm missing anything. But he did a lot of experiments in which he would take take water and then he would put intention into it, or he would play music to it. So if he put, you know, he would think at it and like hold a little a little glass of water and think at it gratitude and feel grateful for the water and he would do this for a certain amount of time and then he would freeze it and then he would look at the crystalline patterns that were made by the water that was holding the intention that he had put into it so in this case gratitude or being grateful and what he noticed is that when things when the intentions were positive so if he was putting love into it or if, and he did this with other people if other people were putting love into it or or gratitude or kindness um any anything of generally we would assume as being positive then the water would have more of a crystalline structure and they would all look very very different 
And then if he put instead the intention of hate or like anger, then it wouldn't be able to hold as many bonds. And instead of being a really beautiful crystalline pattern, it ended up being pretty disordered looking underneath the microscope. He did these experiments also with music. So playing like Bach or Mozart versus like heavy metal would have very different effects on what the, what the water ended up looking like once it was frozen in the crystalline patterns that it would create. Uh, and then he did an entire other series of freezing people's tears when people had tears oh, wow. of joy or tears of sorrow or tears of love, whatever it might be. He did an entire series of looking at people's tears and the same thing. They looked very, very different depending on whether it was like a more joyful, positive emotion or whether it was a more negative emotion. So I think that's, I think he's probably the most well-known of the scientists who've worked with this. A lot of people now base what they're doing on Dr. Emoto's work. Um, and again, we'll, we'll link this cause it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, but that's, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. He's like, he's like the amethyst of water science, meaning oh, got it. it's okay. the, the, the guru, the, the, he's the, the gateway main. to it. Yes. Yes. He's the gateway to it. There are many it. not known scientists before him that have been doing this work before. But he was like the, you know, look at me like he's the one that the, made the water it science, the water science rock star. Yeah, and so that's uh, yeah, the Beatles going back like that's so fascinating. Going back to like us being made of water, right? And if you're talking to water, it also goes back to self-talk. So if you're giving yourself gratitude, love joy, all these healthy, good, what we, again, what we consider positive emotions that within ourselves builds up structure because we're made of water, these beautiful shapes mm -hmm. versus when we talk down to ourselves, I'm so ugly. I, I knew I couldn't do this. I'm never going to be able to do that. That type verbiage, how that can have effect on us physically. That is so amazing. That's like the science of, of why we need to talk to ourselves with love. And you can think of it so we don't have such duality because there's no duality in water or energy as chaotic or disordered and ordered. Mm -hmm. So there's disorder versus order, the chaos. And we move between. We're not, we, our bodies need some amount of disorder and some amount of chaos in order to reach, like we constantly need to go through this implosion, explosion, the, the nature goes through it, decay and rebirth. But it's the extent to which we push those edges so that it can't get, like if I pull the spring as far as it can go, there's going to be a certain point where it's not going to recoil like it did before. So if I've got 20 years of saying the same thing, it's not going to coil back. We don't have the same resilience or resonance, which is where this whole trauma peace comes from and building up resonance or resiliency. Right. Hmm. So what are some of the ways just that in our day-to-day -day lives, you know, because the society that we're in, the way that water comes to us now, right? We're not, we're not gathering it from wells. We're, you know, some people are, but, but for the most part, it's not uh, natural springs. It's not bubbling pools. We don't have like streams with all the beautiful spirals that are happening. Like we're getting it out of 
very straight pipes that come through our houses. So uh, for those of us who are, first of all, lucky enough to have access to constant water, because not everybody does, but what are some ways in our day-to-day lives that we are able to begin structuring the water for ourselves or, or using water to either physically heal or to um, enhance the intentions that we want to do to really embody these things. Because if, if it's always kind of a, a back and forth between disorder and order or chaos and, and, and organization, it seems to me like the society that we're currently in really is lending itself to disorder. Like, I mean, granted, people want to be organized, but in the day-to-day living, the way that we are experiencing society, it is inherently chaotic. Um, so how, what are ways that we can mitigate that or with this new knowledge, be able to use this in our day-to-day lives? The first important thing is to remember perspective because we, we're living seemingly in chaotic, but if we take it in the picture of like 26,000 year cycles, well, this is like a drop in the bucket of it. So first is the just perspective of remembering that we can come in and out of this perspective. So I right, if I'm focusing in on a fractal part of this, then I can at the bare minimum, if I have access to, and again, this all means having access to hy- hydration is the first and easiest way to do it is to have foods that are hydrating every day because that actually is very nourishing you don't necessarily need to count macro calories and micronutrients if you're having hydrating foods because that literally would give you enough nourishment because you wouldn't you don't need to eat a lot when you have enough living energy in your body if you think about that concept it's huge like if i brought in foods that had were electrically charged and full of water, that's going to charge my entire system, which is energy, rather than having to break down a lot of foods to pull out the energy when I've used half my energy to break it down, and then I've got this little bit left. So that's the first thing is the hydrating foods and, and the water. Can you a few examples of hydrating foods? Just like, I, I'm thinking of watermelon. I'm like, oh, eat a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, watermelon's good. Green vegetables. Those hold green leafies hold a lot. Those are the best things. I think there's a whole list of them I can put if you want in the show notes. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them, but green leafies are a super easy place to start. To start, okay. Yeah, because they have electrical energy in them. The second thing is is movement, because I want to make sure that I move the body, even just like simple things movements of the neck. Even if I did that for 30 seconds, I'm moving the fluids of the body, which allow them to continually structure themselves because the pumping force that I'm doing in the bones and just even in doing these things is going to help it move through my body. Those are two super easy things to do. You can do, and then the structuring piece, putting the intention in there. um, That's And that can stay in there for days. You can set something up so it doesn't have to be something you do every, like get a jug and do it and it'll last for a good three days. Oh, good to know. I was going to ask that. Like how often should we be doing this? Okay. It's going to vary what you have around your house and where you Mm -hmm. live. 
-hmm. but on average in a technological household probably two to three days if you put it in and you don't if you don't put it near you know a router electronics or anything like that okay. and if you want to energize it you can put it in sunlight because that helps ultraviolet light perfect for it it starts energizes it as well i love that so putting it in sun literally putting in our t intentions into it our our good positive intentions um you mentioned like a vortex or stirring is that something we should be, you could also you know, stir another... so that's if you don't want to create the marble thing that i was you could stir it as well stir it. okay mm -hmm. Ooh, what so about stirring you know, it with like two minutes quartz crystal yeah i think you guys <laughs> would know about that in terms of the structure of the quartz and then the structure of the water and yeah. it pulling in that information and quartz being a transmitter so it's sort of a water is the same thing it's just a lot more flexible and fluid than quartz right. is but it's also okay. similar in its properties yeah awesome this is all very informative so Thank re you, so restructuring <laughs> can happen physically is there a difference between putting our intention in to help it restructure or is there is there i guess is there a difference between putting intentions in versus like physically vortexing something or are they similar it's just one of them will most likely hold longer because it's more physical act i'm just i'm curious i'd, I'd really love to like get some clarification between between the two the physical vortexing of it creates the spin so that is most direct and that then is restructuring place, mm -hmm. okay i mean you there's things that you could put on your pipes that restructure before it comes to your tap hmm. so you could do that there's pools they've i mean there's plenty of experiments where you could use where farming and they've done uh tests with structured water and how much more quickly plants grow so they've done all those you could do it before you can have these you don't even have to do the work you could put it on the pipes as it comes into the house but that's doing the physical restructuring of it could putting an intention in there restructure it because it has a spin in the frequency of your voice possibly possibly because if there's a self-organizing principle that's coming through the frequency of your voice, then it could do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm thinking so, back yeah. to, you know, Emoto's, Emoto's work, for instance, and it, maybe just the water was always starting at neutral because it did seem to, the putting the intentions in, it did seem to create more bonds which created more mm -hmm. of the the snowflakey patterns versus mm -hmm. the negative intentions which were breaking the bonds and causing disorder mm -hmm. so it makes sense that they would it would it would restructure it but i can also see how like physically restructuring something either maybe even doing those together could be really potent really potent and then besides drinking water, I know you said that you're out in water a lot. And Rob, um, my husband, Rob, is he's a surfer. And it's like, he has to be in the water every day. And I, I call him, it's like, you're a mermaid. <laughs> you need to be. I know that I'm about man. you. I'm a man. He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that about you. Like, it, it helps him to just 
overall have a better day every time he surfs. You can just, you can see it in his demeanor. And I know for me in the past, I mean, I live near the beach now, so it's great. But in the past, I remember when I was going through hard times and I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night, I would literally drive down to the ocean and sit there. I wouldn't, I don't like getting in the water personally when it comes to being at the ocean. I have this weird, weird thing, but literally it's like every crashing wave that came, it felt like it was pulling away from me. Any negativity, any like sadness, any anger, like any of those like icky type feelings. And I would sit there until it felt like, okay, I feel like most of that has been pulled away. So not only drinking water, but are do you are there different techniques just in general about being around water or if that's beneficial for us? You just described that it is because it's ordering all the emotions that you described are really just disordered energy mm-hmm. attached to patterns that, you know, an emotion is just a thought vibration with a certain, with energy attached to it. We separate the thought vibration. We've got pure energy. So it's coming in the frequencies, the negative ions, negative being a good thing because that's the state of neutrality that that's ordering the plasma in the air, right? Everything around us, 99.9% of what's around us is this plasmic charged clouds of particles. So that is changing the particles that are around us and that touch our skin. And that now we know that there's water in the atmosphere that come into our bodies. So that's happening through everything that's invisible. We just don't see it. And we say, it's like, I was angry and now I feel better. That's just the way our brain makes sense. And now it's not. (laughs) Right. Right. Wow, that's so cool. So if people can be around water in general, it's going to be helpful. Even just taking a bubble bath or being in the shower. You mentioned being Mm -hmm. in the shower. And Jillian and I, I think, both talked about this, Mm -hmm. about how we get all these amazing, brilliant ideas when we're in the shower. And we can't write it down. (laughs) I know, right? I should come up with that recording device for the shower. Yeah, waterproof. I know. Mm-hmm. Or I know for me, I always really love being in the shower. I'm for those of you who, who are into human design. So I'm, I'm a emotional authority. So I have really big emotional waves. And so when I'm on this emotional wave, it's like, I don't want to affect everybody around me. And so being able to be alone in the shower is like my go-to place for like feeling all of my emotions and being able to tap into them. But also there's something so nurturing and healing and soothing about having it like I'm free to feel this and then I can let it go and like down it goes down the drain. I also think it's really interesting as you were as you were talking both both Iris and Yael. It made me think of how when people go on vacations like where does everyone always wants to go to the beach? They want to go to the That's lake. So they want to go to Niagara Falls. They want to go to all of these places that generally are very water oriented and there are of course exceptions depending on the areas of the world that you live in but generally that's where people are really pulled to is is these places of water and it also makes sense that we literally need it to live i think it's it's like one of those fun facts that i think is blows my mind every time that the reason humans are interested in things that are sparkly i think we mentioned this in, in an old in another podcast episode. In an old podcast. In an old podcast. It's been so long. I know. <laughs> but our brains literally turn on when things are sparkly because our brain is like, oh, there's water there. 
So it makes sense. Like our mm -hmm. brains get really activated by water. Like there's just something inherently about water that really calls to us. And I think it's really interesting that our brains already form this connection of crystal equals water. And I think that's <laughs> it's very interesting. Like for we now, love it and yeah. we want it around us. It's interesting that our that our brains have misinterpreted them as almost being the same thing. And then we find out that water actually is just a fluid crystal. Or a crystal of solid water. Yes, or crystals of solid yeah, water. Yeah, or that. Just like we we talked about in uh, one of the podcasts that the name crystal came from the Greeks, and they thought it was ice that had frozen so hard. That it never melts. That it, yeah. <laughs> interesting i also mm -hmm. think it's really uh, what you were saying before about the hexagonal structure of it because that is the same structure as as quartz mm -hmm. and that both quartz and water are used to hold information they're both used to transmit information and amplify information and both of them are as you said, piezoelectric. And for those of you who don't know what that mm -hmm. means, piezoelectric um, means that if you apply force or pressure to something, then it creates, it basically polarizes and through the polarization creates a charge. So quartz, tourmalines as well do this, um, they are piezoelectric. And so one of the greatest examples of this is actually watches. Watches, traditional watches are made with quartz inside and that's how they continue turning. That's, they literally function because of the quartz inside. Um, that's how clocks function. So they innately have this charge that continues to happen over and over and over again, uh, as long as at some point there is pressure or force applied. So it's, it's neat that it applies to water as well. And a similar thing because we look at the cerebrospinal fluid and the ventricles and how it moves through our brain. And then we look at the pineal gland, which is interestingly enough, uh, from the word pine, it's a pine cone shape, which is a spiral hmm. and spins. If we apply a compression force with our mind, if we take that energy and apply com a compression force, we can actually create a tube in the brain. This is how kids see, this is how anyone could see, without, with having complete darkness. This is how they're teaching kids to see without we're completely blindfolded and they start to see through this tube which we could all do this but it can also be a way that we uh move into our more astral or conscious selves or you know whatever we want to call it into the plasmic plane of existence wow I had no idea. I feel like that that's a whole like... other episode we're gonna have to yeah have. we gotta go down that that road <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so I know you do a lot of body work as well. What are some of the ways that you utilize water to bring bodies back into homeostasis or to be more embodied? I know this is a bit about what your um, embodiment journey is going to be about. So you can talk about that if you'd like, or we can save it till later. But I'm just, I'm really curious about how you utilize water with some of your clients whether it's like physically or energetically or a mix of the two? Because it's all pervasive, it's not as if we're using it as a direct substance to connect to our conscious understanding of us being source. Similar to like 
we're not when we use plant medicines and i use that because it's so popular nowadays is that it is a connection through which we attain source whereas water is not a it, it is the all pervasive some would even say everything is manifest from that which is why we have all these creation myths beginning with flooding um we it's used not as a direct tool and you guys both know that i'm not really in the tools of things um it is all that surrounds us so all of the way that we're interacting when i'm interacting with clients it is in this fluid nature it, it is informed by it it is held by it it is source consciousness that moves through us myself and the client and all the other collectives that are holding for it in order to bring forth a connection between us and us as consciousness does that make sense and let me see if i'm getting this properly <laughs> is that because there is water in our atmosphere just obviously it's microscopic and kind of like how we talked about in my place that was near the beach with the water you know the crystal was cleansing the air and then therefore there was water there um so you're saying that you don't necessarily use water as a tool like oh i'm going to bring this bowl of water into my session with this person it's more that you are using the air that's already in or the excuse me the water that's already in the air that we can't see you're already using that you're implementing that that's already there you don't need to bring in a bowl of water or a glass of water or whatever um and that's how you're connecting to source energy and even right? so yes i think that's one okay. level and even so far is that it is source and it is a Ooh. fractal nature of source okay as we are right. that as well as everything is i won't go down that way that can be another <laughs> podcast <laughs> another another episode um, but i also work with people in water okay i want to bring people into the water as well not as much oh, but okay. uh i'm trying to do a little bit more now and hopefully going to be planning some pilgrimages to sacred sites with water in this year Ooh. to actually be immersed in it so that people I mean, it's a very simple that we have no space time consciousness when we're in water because we transcend that. So that alone allows the direct connection. And then with movement and using the body as this fluid source that becomes one with it, mm -hmm. it comes back to its self-organizing capacity by the end of the session. And it's like you... It's as if it's gone through a death and rebirth cycle of all the cells within oh, that wow. time frame versus the seven years that things used to take to right. regenerate back when. I think that's condensed now. Seven and minutes. they've said, I feel like I've read or heard or something somewhere about how, because you're saying different sacred places in the world with water and that there's certain places in the world, I think they call it, what's it called? Ley lines or something, but different mm -hmm. places in the world where water is that um is very sacred and has like a vortex or something a couple like different things there yeah so okay. ley lines are electrical energy sources within the earth's grid work mm -hmm. oftentimes those are near water sources because dowsers come and use tools to find them and often when we look at even now still there's aboriginal tribes who use song lines which mm -hmm. are 
songs that have been uh, put within their walking, where they walk in order to find these sacred sites, water, trees, where things hold energy for basically a, a pilgrimage. So they can hear those within the body because it's reverberating through as wow. these songs have been placed in the earth. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have the, but we know because most of this earth is water. Again, it's like 70% of it. And a lot of it lives underneath the earth itself from below. And we look at, you know, mythologies of bardos and going into the underworlds and the shadows, those pieces. But it often used to be that people were really afraid of what was in like further than they could see in the ocean, right? They would send ships out. They didn't know where they were going to come back. Like what was out there? <laughs> yeah. And then once we step that, there's this whole sort of interaction with island life and life on the mainland and how those differ and how just culturally we interact with that different contextualization of your body and relating to water. So that's a whole other interesting, whole other, yeah, yeah, interesting way to. Think it's interesting. About it. So our neighbor, this is off topic, but not because it has to do with water and the energy of water. He and you were talking about the Aborigines. He has he's into construction. He's like his fifties or something. Uh, but anyway, we were having a sewer problem at our house, and he taught Rob this trick with two sticks. He's like, here, just follow me. And you think that he's like doing it with his hands, but he's not because I tried it too. And basically, as you're walking, the sticks start to gravitate and cross over and they form an that's axe. That's dousing. That's the dousing. Okay. That's dousing. And then that's where we figured out where the leak was. <laughs> so isn't it amazing? Even a 50-year-old, probably white guy from San yep. Diego yep. <laughs> believes in dousing. Yes. So you can see like, okay, even modern day people like, it's, yeah. It is because the, this metal holds a charge. The water holds a charge. So in it, that one place where it's stuck, right, or where there's a lot of extra energy. Stuck just means there's a lot of extra energy there. Yeah. Whether there's no good or bad, there's just an excess of energy. And so it pulls where there's an excess of energy because right. there's so much drawing them together. And yeah. you're right. It was metal, not wood. But, yeah, so interesting water we could talk forever <laughs> i know it has so many anomalies to it that don't make any sense to scientists and then back to how we can work with them because obviously me and crystallizing conversations me and jillian always love to bring it back to crystals <laughs> um gem elixirs because we talked about infusing the water with intention but what about putting with working with and actually putting crystals and again um as jillian and i said in another episode obviously research before you put a crystal in the water because you don't want to be absorbing any sort of toxins or anything like that yes you can um, always use the indirect method which is putting a crystal in glass inside the water or putting yes. the crystal outside of a glass of water is the other way to do it yeah where you're not actually, the water isn't physically actually touching the crystal, just yeah. near it to get the energy of that crystal. Mm -hmm. So would you say that works similarly or would layer well? Yeah, I mean, if it's other crystals that are have specific crystalline shapes, then it, they're going to hold information. And whatever information is in that specific crystal, then that will transfer to water. I mean. It, 
whatever it is is going to transfer to water. It could, there's, Veda Austin is a photographer and she's developed a thing where she has this freezing technique and people put it up near their birds, people put it like all sorts of things and the pictures, the resonances of those things come into the ice. So oh, it's wow. the same thing. I mean, you'd, it'd be interesting to see like if you took some of that and then froze it with this method, if the structure of say whatever the crystal is you were in there because everything has its own structure i'm assuming mm -hmm. it's a different type of crystal mm -hmm. or crystal family or whatever if that uh if that structure would come into the ice after you put it in the in the gem elixir that sounds like a really and see if she can photograph with chronic <laughs> we you have can multiple do crystals we want you to photograph we have you can we actually have do it. stuff she has we she have like wants set. everyone to do it her, themselves so I'd be oh. curious because then you know, like, okay, if I'm putting this structure, whatever structure that each of these types of crystal have, into my body, then that's going to be sort of a new information tool for water itself to learn from. And it starts to shape itself in that way. Because remember, when water, water doesn't smash through rocks. This is the Tao speaking, is that water slowly wears away rocks it will come over anything that it has in its pathway and take information from that as part of its growth journey similar like it will take up the bottom of the river and learn from those minerals and take in or reshape itself and learn and then shape itself back it's like this amazing chameleon that learns and then once it reaches the spring it's alive with all of this information. I mean, the information of the cosmos and everything. So I would assume that you could do that. And then it's like, wow, I'm going to get information from Chrysocolla, whatever metaphysical information Chrysocolla holds. And I can, that will then come in. The water itself will learn about that and then circulate that through the system. So it's really Amazing. another way of, instead of doing body layouts or just like meditating, it's really a whole other way that you can, you can work with crystals and water is such a, it already being, it's like, like core. It's like, it takes on the imprint of, of the crystals around it and holds it and amplifies it. So you're really being able to take that into, into your body, into your actual cells versus just having your own frequencies resonating next to, and hoping to entrain. It's mm -hmm. really taking it into your, into every single one of your cells. It sounds like a really, mm -hmm powerful mm -hmm. powerful way to do that again just before you put crystals in the water just make sure it is safe to do so indirect method is always safest psa <laughs> <laughs> so and especially you know what you mentioned too about the intentions being just thinking being able to if you have an intention and then finding a crystal that its metaphysical properties really resonates with that intention and being able to like layer that together amplifying feels like a very powerful combination there high vibe yeah. water high vibe water <laughs> you could probably almost i mean you would be if you think about it creating your own crystal and structure in the water mm. so if i had whatever one of some crystal and then i was placing information in it it's probably going to reshape itself into a whole new crystal crystal and structure that you created powerful <laughs> yeah how powerful are we with the help of everything that's around yes, us? Exactly. Exactly. I'm curious um, a little bit about 
your embodiment journey for this podcast. I'm really excited to hear what this. Me too. (laughs) As many of you may, some of you may know, I'm a responder. I come into something with nothing and just come forth. So I have named it. Do you have my name? What I've named it? Yes. Attuning to your soul waters is what you told me before we started this recording. Hopefully that will be the same, but basically it's going to to your soul waters. I have always liked the word attunement. I had a mentor say, what does that even mean? She was a Reiki practitioner. I was like, really? What does that mean? The tuning. It means, it means putting the right frequency that's aligned for your signature frequency in your body. So attuning it. And that's the, so attuning it is creating a frequency because as, so it'll be like a 15 minute guided attunement. Okay. It may have bowls in it. I don't know. We'll have to see as it comes out, but it will be something you can listen to, to bring yourself back to your frequency. There is no one that can create a frequency, which is why I'm not like a big person. No one can tell you what is going to come from you. It has to come from you because you're the only one that can create something completely new. So it's going to be a environment that you can place yourself inside for 10 or 15 minutes. So it doesn't take a long time and it will pull out. Your body will pull out. The water will pull out the frequencies that attune to your balanced self-organized frequency so that your body can be like, Oh yeah, I got to self-organize. All right. It sort of activates like, Oh yeah, let me get back to this. Yeah. I was over there doing something else. Like returning, let me get back to returning this. back to its neutrality, returning home. Exactly. And the rest of it will just drop away. So the rest of it just drops away. So it doesn't matter. Like, is this the right frequency front? You don't even need to worry about that. Whatever isn't right. Here's the thing. You don't have to worry about whether something's quote unquote right or wrong. A frequency won't stick unless it resonates with you. So there's no worry. Everything else will just drop away, go back to the earth. It gets recycled, basically. And so whatever is correct for you will come into that. So that's what it will be. It's like that saying, take what you need, leave the rest. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm excited for this. I'm, I'm going to sign me up for this embodiment journey. <laughs> this sounds lovely. I, I wanted to, just because I know you work with water so much and you are so you know, we didn't really dive into it as much here, but it was mentioned a little bit. I know you are so specific in like honoring ancient traditions and indigenous traditions. And so I was curious if you have any recommendations for people who want to build a relationship with the element of water, people who want to know how best to honor the element. And I know there's many different ways of doing this, but if there's any that come to mind for you right now, for our listeners, the best way to build any relationship is through a a true authentic invitation. So you ask, ask if this is the place, if this is the time and you step up to water. Even if it's just in your mind, you could be bed bound and do this. You step up to water and you ask, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And you show your heart and you wait for a response. And you don't have to worry. Am I going to see something? Am I going to hear something? 
that happens after your body senses something. You walk into a room, you, your body senses it first, and then it makes sense of it with your mind. So you're going to say, I'm here, I'm here. And you wait to sense, and you start becoming more aware and becoming more sensitive, even if you have to constantly go back and back and back. And then when you hear it, you're creating, you're like, you do this with other sentient beings and other non-sentient beings. And when they say, yes, I'm here too. I'm here too. And then you say, let's learn. What are you willing to share? Here's what I'm willing to share. And you place it so that there's something in front of both of you and you begin to learn from each other. That's what I would say. Beautiful. You could use that in any relationship you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. So I do also, thank you for sharing that. I also have some crystal recommendations for those of you who maybe are more earth oriented, uh, like me, but really want to start journeying into water more and connecting with water more. Um, some crystals that are really aligned with the energy of water and the element of water. Uh, I have, I have examples here with me. Um, so the first one is aquamarine. I like hold this yes. up. Literally, literally <laughs> it is in the name aqua aquamarine. Um, this one has been associated with water since gosh, the ancient Greeks, I would say, I think the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans, um, mm -hmm. believed that aquamarine was a crystal that would keep one safe in water, that it was like beloved of Poseidon and the sea deities and the sea gods and the nymphs. And so they would throw pieces of this as offerings to the sea deities uh, for fair, fair journeying. So they wouldn't have storms. They wouldn't get lost. They wouldn't get eaten by all those monsters that are off the map that everyone was afraid of because they couldn't see where they were going. Okay. Um, so aquamarine has been associated with water and been considered sacred to the ocean deities for thousands and thousands of years. Um, another one that's been really associated with water for a long time with um, indigenous tribes of North America and of Central America is turquoise. So turquoise, especially the blue variety, was generally associated with rain. And different tribes had different myths of where it came from and how it developed and how best to utilize it. But it was often associated with, with much needed rain um, for the crops. Um, a new find that is now beloved everywhere and is very much associated with water is Larimar. Mm -hmm. Again, we have it in the name, Mar. Uh, and when this was initially found, it only comes from the Dominican Republic. Uh, when it was initially found, it was actually only accessible through underground, I mean, sorry, through underwater mines. Um, but it's another really beautiful water energy stone. And then one of the other, my, my last one here, there's of course others, but these are just some, some of the, some of the big ones is Lemurian Aquatine Calcite. So this comes from South America. And generally, Argentina, like Argentina, um, 
although some of it is also found along the borderlands there. And Lemurian aquatine calcite, it's a type of blue calcite, but the name it derives from is, is its metaphysical properties. It's associated with, uh, with Lemuria and specifically the watery elements of Lemuria. It's said to help us connect to the dolphin and whale collective. So that's something that I know Yael very much associates with. Basically, like whenever she pulls cards, it's always like the dolphin, the whale, like every, <laughs> every time. Um, Makes sense. Water. So that's so that's another one, especially if you connect more with like animals, being able to connect that watery element through the animals that live in the sea. Uh, so those are some of my favorite water elemental stones. So if it's something that you want to connect to the element through crystals, this is kind of those are all good, good starter ones that are very much associated with the the beautiful watery element. And for formation wise, just because. Yeah. <laughs> uh, etched crystals that have been hydrothermally etched. I brought out a couple of mine. But, hydrothermal? Um, what does that mean? Hydrothermal <laughs> etched by essentially really hot water Ooh. over millions of years. They basically have pulled away. And I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys know, but in the video, if you guys watch on YouTube, um, the water literally pulls away mm -hmm. molecules from the crystal. So it has, some of them have these, some have holes, some have caverns. You can see they look very rough. And why that is, is the crystal actually, as the water's pooling away, is actually working on healing itself over. So that's why it's not super smooth like you would normally see at the, mm -hmm. you know, at the beach when you see rock formations that have been hit by water, they're smooth. That's why crystals are not, is that the crystal itself keeps on building, trying so, to re-heal re itself over. So it's over. like two different but, entities, like flowing. Yeah. With dancing each other, together. dancing with each other, yes. So just another water crystal, but ooh, also why don't we, don't we don't have an example here? But the the anhydro agates, oh, the yeah. ones that have the mm. ancient water in it. So I don't have an oh. example with me, but there are yeah. these agates that have like water trapped within. It's like millions of years old, and I've seen horrible TikTok videos where they've broken it open, and I don't know why oh, they've no. done that, but. <laughs> But that's another great way. It's like literally it's primordial water in your hand that is encased Amazing. in agate. And agate is, of course, a silicate. It's a member of the quartz family. I mean, how beautiful the synthesis so of that awesome. energy. Interestingly, just on that is that remember all the water that we have now, we've always had. There has been no mm -hmm. less and no more water. Right. So which is so that water we still have now, that information still is here. Like it's mm. all been constantly here. The entire time on this planet. So as I drink my as I drink my tea, this water exactly. has been here since the time of the dinosaurs, since before, exactly. since before that, since there was single <laughs> single celled That's organisms, right. protozoans. Correct. Correct. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us, CIL. This was very Thank interesting. You. And I really want to have you on again because you are very talented, not just in water, but there you have so much knowledge about so many topics that I can't wait to have you. I know. Back you're just like, like flow you're just like throw out. You're like, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. It's like, oh my God, this is ten podcasts. How <laughs> how are we gonna fit this into one? I have no idea. <laughs> Just name dropping everywhere. I, it's hilarious watching Yael work because every single, every night she's reading a different book. Oh, I love like it. Like every night there's like 
who is this scientist you're reading now? And it's like, oh, just someone I've just came across in this other book. And now, and then like two nights later, on to another. It's just the amount of information you have in your head is amazing. <laughs> and that you share it with us. Thank you. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you. So what are the ways that people can connect with you? I know you've got, you've got uh, your website. I have the website. Mostly that's the best place. I have been trying to put some things on Instagram, but they're just all the podcasts that I've been on. What, what is uh, the website? Uh, Thewatermatrix.org. And I think the Instagram is watermatrix or the watermatrix. And then I do the water medicine journeys, which are basically spending an hour together this way. You know, like when we start, sometimes most of the people, most time people don't even know why they're doing it. They're just, I was just drawn to this. And then by the end, we have crystallized mm -hmm. something about their bigger selves or how they are source. So I do that. And then I also do mentorships and then hopefully doing some uh, pilgrimages. Amazing. Wonderful. And we'll put all that in the show notes too for you guys mm -hmm. so you can reach out. Yeah. Thank you. You also have what, what I don't remember what we call them, but the, the short recordings. I may have taken that off the website. Oh, shoot. If it's still there, it's called the water speaks. And I've been trying it out to see if people want to just sort of put something in there and then the water brings out some information about that. If not, if it's not there, I'm thinking of doing some office hours where people could just come in and share and we can have an experience together. That might be in the works. Thank you so much, Dr. Yael Green, for being here. We appreciate so much your insight, your input. Very, been super informative. Thanks Thank for, <laughs> thanks for doing this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me on i appreciate it um if you enjoyed this episode we hope you continue along this podcast journey with us you can find us on spotify apple play google podcasts youtube and at crystallizingconversations.com uh crystallizingconversations.com is where you will also find our embodiment journey so for almost all of our episodes, we will have what we're calling our embodiment journeys, which we mentioned before. And this is where if something really resonates with you, it enables you to dive deeper and really embody the topic that we're discussing. So instead of just listening to it and be like, oh yeah, that's really smart. You can actually like find a way to really embody it. So for some episodes, uh, there will be maybe like some like a mini course or journal prompts for this particular one. Gael is going to be doing a water attunement, which is I'm very excited about. So it'll be like a guided meditation. Uh, and then on, at crystallizingconversations.com is where you'll also find our crystallizing community. And our community, I'm really excited to see how this grows, but this is where you can meet. Uh, we want this to be a really thriving space for you and everyone where we can create this amazing um, Uplifting world. community. Yeah. Yes. This uplifting. Friends that also are into the woo-woo slash science. Yes. It's, it's yes. <laughs> that beautiful intersection of woo-woo and science and crystals and really whatever you want to talk about, you know, so you can, you can share with other people about your experiences and have people you know, affirm, affirm you. We can go and actually affirm each other and see each other since not all of us are lucky enough to live in spaces where people are on the same wavelength. So you can, can find that here.
if you enjoyed yourselves please let us know follow us at crystallizing conversations on instagram and be sure to comment what you would like us to do in the future if there's any topics that you're interested in us exploring let us know and of course please uh please share with your friends the thanks. best thing you can do is share with your friends <laughs> exactly thanks so much everybody for listening and we hope you have a beautiful day yep i'll see you in a couple weeks this concludes another episode of crystallizing conversations we are so grateful for every moment you spend with us whether that's listening in or connecting with like-minded friends in the crystallizing community to find out how to join, visit us at crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also explore our memberships, which gives you access to bonus episodes, astrological forecasts, behind-the-scenes content, live Q&As, meetups, and more. If this episode resonated with you, you can deepen your exploration through our embodiment journeys, ranging from mini courses to guided meditations to applied practices, all curated to support your embodiment and integration of each episode's topic. Remember, every time you choose to heal and grow, the collective heals and grows with you. Thank you for crystallizing with us.